0: You're listening to the Mindful Leadership Podcast, where I shall be speaking to some exceptional leaders, innovators, digital marketeers, coaches from around the globe. And my host, my guest today is Chris Brindley. And we're live to the world thank you i have a really special guest today and we connected a very short while ago but i really was intrigued by his profile uh, the guy's name is chris brindley and the reason why i connected to him the mbe obviously shone out to me uh, as a beacon and it connected to me but he's had a really eclectic career uh from successful executive director in two different industries uh he's an mb of challenger bank metro bank uh portfolio of Ned international speaker executive coach and consultant uh, and huge amounts more but chris thank you again for coming on to my mindful leadership uh, program and again um, i'd really like to find out a little bit more about you today And just to cast yourself back to what, how you became uh, Chris Brinley and how you became, how you got the the accolades along the way. If if you'd like to give a a, a little bit more of an introduction than I have.
1: Yeah, Jason, thank you. And just thank you for the invite. Delighted to connect. Delighted to share the stage with you today. And thank you for having me. So, yeah. I, I i go right back to the start if, if i can because yeah, I, think I think that do. absolutely uh defines who i am and, and what i believe in and my, my uh my, my father walked out on me my brother and my mother uh when i was three months old um we lived in a council flat in a pretty tough part of manchester um and, and uh, you know we didn't have any money it was it was as simple as that when when, when your father walks out on you Mm-hmm. Um, and um, whilst there was a stepfather in my life it wasn't a particularly present pleasurable experience so ultimately it was a tough upbringing uh, with little or no money clothes uh, out of jumble sales um but actually what my mum gave me was the most amazing uh, unconditional love and, and and she taught me some amazing values from a really really early start uh, and as an example I, I used to run everywhere as a kid and mum would always say if i was going to the shops for her uh, she wanted me to knock on the her words, the old ladies' doors, because <laughs> by the time you could get to the shops and come back, they'd still only be getting the coat on. So I, I'd always go on and, and knock on Missus Fanning's door, Missus Law's door, Missus Howe's door, and literally do, do their shopping. And 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 I think from that very early stage, Mum instilled two things in me, which was one, a work ethic, mm-hmm. uh, and two was to to help others. And and and, and therefore that, that that that's been my guiding set of principles really, which is. Uh, helping others and as i got later on in life uh, i created a mission statement for myself which was to consistently deliver outstanding results and develop winners in life and, that, and that's why I, I love what you do because i think we share the same thing which is helping others and, and i just want to if i can develop winners and winning's a personal definition so is success and it means different things to different people and, and, and therefore i just want to help others and i have three pictures underneath that statement uh, one is crossing the line first I, I like to set new highs and standards because i think uh, others uh, look to that to follow mm-hmm. uh, the next one is three arrows in a bullseye because i believe in excellence and i think in excellence is everything we do then the last one is the most important picture which is somebody at the top of a mountain help helping somebody up the mountain because I, my job as i say is just to, to help others and you know when people like yourself reach out i, I just love to 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 want to wanna help so Ultimately, uh, I wasn't talented. Uh, my, my GCSEs and A level results were shocking. Um, but I think I learned um, early doors emotional intelligence. It clearly wasn't called that then. Dan Goldman coined that phrase, as we know. Um, yeah. But actually, sport played a big part in my life um, because when I crossed the line, and whether that was playing football, cricket, uh, mm. whether I was doing athletics, Actually, any any shit that was going on at home just wasn't uh, you know wasn't in my head. It was yeah. a great teacher called Ray Woods, primary school teacher. Great secondary school headmaster called Colin Crofts. Actually, believed in me as a human being and, and didn't look at my academic results. Mm-hmm. And, and there I learnt some amazing values through sport, which was team building, communication, problem solving, how to prepare, uh, how to win properly, how to lose properly. Uh, I remember those lessons well. Um, and, and actually early doors uh i broke my leg quite badly so that meant i couldn't play uh, contact sport but i did my coaching badges before i broke my leg which i think was serendipity it was meant to happen <laughs> and, and as a result of um learning how to coach in sport to a high level i went into the workplace and realized that no coaching happened there was lots of barking of orders lots yeah. of shouting and screaming and being told what to do um, and, and I'd suffered that at home with a, a pretty horrible stepfather. So I actually realized that I didn't get the best out of people. So I think, you know, we, we spoke offline earlier about NLP and communication, yeah. actually caring about others and, and realizing that everyone's a human being with different stuff going on in their lives. And actually I prefer to give somebody a good listening to than I'd ever prefer to give somebody a good talking to. So yeah, right. you know, that, that, I think that's what made me, I, I went and coached uh, my teams. And funnily enough, I got some pretty cool results. As a result of that, the bosses weren't giving that next job and see if he's any good. Um, and, and I might not be, but if I coach others to be good, then funnily enough, the team does well. And it's always about what can we achieve as a team. So mm-hmm. ultimately, I think being a leader is a privilege, being a head coach is a privilege, uh, and actually getting the very, very best out of others, Funny enough, creates high-performing teams. And, and and ultimately, that's taken me through some some uh, different industries. And even now in my non-exec portfolio Mm -hmm. just about finding out what others want to achieve and helping them get there. So let's set the goal. Let's set the outcome. Let's come back to where we are and and let's then understand that we can all work together to achieve some great outcomes, both personally and professionally. So that's
0: my background in
1: a nutshell. Jason.
0: That's really cool. I love um, how you've used the sports analogy for coaching. And I I read a book quite recently, Bill Hart, which is the billion dollar coach. And he yeah. comes from a similar sort of background uh, and how he's used his professional sporting career to go into business. And it works because there's a transition and yeah. a natural transition is about working as a team, working together, but also listening to others. And that's a powerful resource to actually have. And there's massive accolade to have as a young kid. Cause I, I remember when I was in athletics as a kid and running for the, uh, Running for Essex and all of that—that that really sort of builds you from a young age. That's why it resonated with me from what you have just said. So, where do you think you are, are going now? What, 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 where's your journey now from where you've been?
1: Uh, it's it, it's it's more to help others than than ever before. Um, because we we had no money and we lived in a council house uh, as a kid. And uh, when I when I met my wife, we had been married almost 34 years now um it, it was about providing security got two mm-hmm. uh, beautiful and wonderful children that are the absolute pride of, of my life um and, and early doors it was about security both for elaine mm-hmm. and i and then for my family but i always promised myself uh i always remember the day before i started work i went to a pub with my mate um and we we stood on the corner at half 10 at night Uh, It was a Sunday night. We were were starting work on the Monday. And he just said, you know, where does it all end? You know, we were 18 and we were on a street corner before we started work. And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, by the time I'm 50, I promise I won't be working for anybody full time. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Sadly, I failed, Jason. I was 50 years and one month um, when uh, I I created the portfolio. Um, But it it was about absolutely being clear that I would Mm -hmm. create a level of security for my family uh, my uh, motivations would not be about reward it, from a monetary point of view. M- mm-hmm. My reward would be about um, having a portfolio of roles that I could help others. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm proud to – some of the uh, logos you've got there, Switch to Play uh, yeah. is a charity. Um, I, I do that free of charge. And if I do any presentations, then I donate 20% of my uh, fee to the charity. Wow. And it's about helping, um, professional sports people transition out of the sports world into the business world. Mm-hmm. And I think you said earlier, what resonated with you is the fact that you've got, uh, great skills that you can learn from sport. You know, if you speak to an early athlete, they've never been late for training. Um, mm-hmm. they, they know how to problem solve. They are great team players. They set goals. And what's lacking in the business world is knowledge and, yeah. and often cool. they think they can't get that knowledge. But guess what they've got so many personal attributes and qualities so part of switch to play manchester fa is up there as well i played football for manchester FA as an 18 year old wow. okay. and when um when i got asked would i become the first ever non-exec director in grassroots football for manchester FA, i jumped at the chance because they gave me chance 30 odd years earlier so to go in there and help um people do grassroots uh, so you know, the reason I got my MBA was because of all the charitable work I do uh, in sport. And it is an absolute privilege. Um, but it, it wasn't for the gong. It was all about helping others be better at who they are and what they do. And and I was asked to go back to my school um, in 2012, Olympic year. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I said, look, I'll, I'll go back on one condition. You you don't tell anybody I went to the school. That's my job. I did a presentation. and I remember one pupil stood up and said, it's easy for you you didn't grow up around here and i said well, well, just let me finish the presentation if you still feel that way at the end let's have the conversation and and and, and i talked about uh, some of my achievements but then i showed them a picture of me, black and white picture by the way of me and the football team i showed them a picture of me uh, at sports day and some people went isn't that longford park then i showed them the the street where i grew up and they went yeah. That looks like Emery Avenue, and it was. And then I showed my GCSE results with my name, Tipex Dart, and they went, who's that? Well, those results, they're not very good. <laughs> and I turned around and said, because I came to the school. And and the presentation was entitled Dreams Are Free. Yeah. Um. And, and I wanted to to get across to the pupils at Charlton High School that irrespective of your home situation, irrespective of your GCSE results, quite frankly, don't let anybody put you in a box or put mm-hmm. you in a... In a, in a position where they crush your, your dreams at such a young age
0: Yeah. yeah um, because agree. actually
1: life's wonderful and you can sit and programme and uh, as we do, you know, yep. using all of your future guest chat blacks, sit there and go I am going to create the future that I want not that a teacher tells me I'm going to have or a stepfather I'm going to have I go back to my mum, she, she encouraged me uh, to talk about dreams of friend uh, you know, on the 40th birthday she sent me a beautiful card um, and I've got it here with me now all the time. And it says, believe in yourself and remember anything is possible. Wow. And, that's you know, really It is. And, and, and I, get, I said earlier, you know, part of what motivates me now is to continue the great work mum did by instilling some of those values and behaviours in me. So that's what I do now.
0: Talk about the, uh, the three, you had the three things that are going on. And I, I, I looked at your profile and I looked at a lot of the other stuff you've got warm up peak performance and warm down and the fourth one is uh never have back-to-back meetings or something like that but talk to me about that because that's quite intriguing so so so
1: w- w- one of the things w- when i went through my coaching badges was, was is how um uh, athletes uh, get to peak performance mm-hmm. um, and, and in the simplest format um athletes warm up yep so i, I started to look at that and go Well, what's the business equivalent of warm-up? And I see people in meetings running late. They've not read the papers. They've not thought of the questions they could be asking. They haven't thought of the objectives. They don't understand the people in the room. And actually, those meetings can be quite chaotic. So when I started to lead teams, I started to talk about what the standards I expected of a high-performing team in Mm -hmm. terms of warming up. You know, people that leave a meeting, uh, I've seen them, and moan about the meeting and the job is to survive it. And i I know oh, well, how can you moan about the outcome if you've not contributed in the meeting? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't like people that go through a slide deck in a meeting, it's 48 slides. I learned to read at the age of five. If you send me the slide deck in advance... I can ask other people, I can reflect, I can create some good questions and and then look at alternative suggestions to the outcome. And actually there's a richness and diversity in thinking. So I talk a lot about warming up when it comes to meetings. And and in sport, Clive Woodward talks about Lombardi time, named after Vince Lombardi, the great coach from the Green Bay Packers, which says basically if the meeting starts at 10, it starts at 10 to 10 and I'll lock Mm -hmm. the door if you're not in at 10 to. Because actually I want us to be starting at 10 not not getting you not talking about love island not not, not forgetting the <laughs> your, your paper and all that nonsense so, so warm-up's really important and great athletes warm up so they don't get injured when it comes to peak performance peak performance is about actually understanding what your roles and responsibilities are during that moment that meeting warm down athletes warm down so they can recover quicker to get peak performance for the next time they yeah. have to be yeah because yeah. elite athletes don't perform at a high level once they consistently perform at a high level. And, yeah. and I want that from, from, from our teams. And actually, that that warm down is often um, doing your action points that others have to help you with during that warm down period. Because what I saw when I joined West, for example, was a lot of people had back-to-back meetings. There'd be typically three or four action points per meeting. that are five meetings a day. And actually, they started logging on and sending 20 action points at, Eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, and what that then created was a dependency culture. People would then start logging on at eight, nine, ten at night, yeah. and then basically they have no, they have no home life. So yeah. when I went to network and observed that, the first thing I did was to ban emails between six o'clock at night and eight o'clock in the morning. Just say it's really? not happening. If you want to, if you want to create them in drafts, I can't stop you doing that, but you are not impacting. Everybody else's home life because you don't have a good warm down process. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you can get those action points during the warm down process, people are then can start working on them even quicker. So you get better outcomes. Yeah. And then the last point is QRT. And QRT stands for quality recovery time, which is just go out and get some fresh air, go to the toilet, just let the last meeting go, clear your head, and then start the warm up process for any future meetings um and it's the same with appraisals I, i've had bosses that have literally run in and said uh, i'm sorry Chris, i've not had a chance to read your paperwork do you want to talk oh. to it?" and these were appraisals they, you know i'd spent hours preparing and they were couldn't even be asked reading the paperwork beforehand that yeah. was never going to be a good appraisal it's so, a matter was, of disrespect disrespectful to me and they expect me to then to perform out my skin to, for them yeah. that's incongruent so it, all meetings i follow Warm up, peak performance, warm down, quality recovery time.
0: Love that. Absolutely love that. And it really distills it quite down to a simple process that people can understand. Because, again, it's, it's a matter of trusting people um, to do what they need to be doing within a meeting and before a meeting. And while they're in a meeting, that they get to the issues, the challenges or whatever it is that they need to do in a clear, precise way and hopefully not get powerpointed out of the market because no one really wants that and that's probably the worst for the brain and you're right is after the meeting go out get some fresh air because you need to cleanse the the head go out and get go out into some green spaces or meditate or or go for a run or whatever it might be so what do you think uh, the challenges that people are facing right now in in, in terms of business and, and and maybe sports I know we've gone through a bit of a mad phase but what do you think is uh, where 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 do you think the challenges are now uh,
1: I think um, mindfulness mental well-being is, is a big challenge and, and, and genuinely uh, when I was at school I was given lots of facts and um, And and one thing sport gave me was problem solving uh, Mm -hmm. techniques. And then as I've gone through later life, i talk about solutions, not problems. Mm -hmm. And I talk about prevention, not cure. Um, And and I just don't think through the education process or through the work process, we genuinely help people. um, I call it agile or critical thinking and -hmm. the power of the brain um, and what you focus on grows. Uh, what you ignore withers away and dies. That, you know that's what a belief that I have, and, and and a lot of people focus on the negatives. Yeah. And therefore if you focus, what you focus on grows, um, actually, what then starts to happen is you actually have a limited belief system that everything's bad. And yeah. and, and what I think you know, organisations and uh, great leaders should be doing is helping people think through. This isn't our first ever crisis, Jason. You know, I, I think it's probably my fifth. Of course, yep. it's the first pandemic, but but basically, you know, um, it's just a change in the world order. Mm-hmm. And all states are temporary. If it's going well, don't just think that's for life. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. You still need to keep working at it, just like a good athlete would work on their technique and learn new ways of being better, whether that's marginal gains. So, so I, I try and help people think um, – with tools and techniques for the long term. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a great phrase. If you give a boy a fish, he feeds for a day. If you teach Mm -hmm. a boy to fish, he feeds for life. And I like to help people um, through their thinking rather than give them the answer. Because if I give everybody the answer, all they'll ever do is need one phone number in life, and that'll be mine. If I help people think things through and actually have some tools and techniques, so if it was goal setting, I'd use Grow. Goal, mm-hmm. reality, options, and will. Um, situational leadership about knowledge, skill, confidence, and motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, people can then look at those models and go, at least I know where to start thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: so I genuinely would ask people to just uh, consider how powerful the brain can be, but actually how limiting the brain can be, and for the Great. tools and techniques to get the very, very best out of your brain. I mean, a bit like a computer, garbage in, garbage out um so you know i read a lot of books listen to podcasts like this um mm-hmm. about how can i be better at who i am and what i do um but quite frankly if you ask me what happened on coronation street or holly or whatever crap tv i don't i can't tell you because yeah. i get people might want to watch that to relax but i yep. don't need to be, i don't think you need four hours a bit a night seven days a week when actually learning about some of the other bits of mindfulness and um meditation yep um sort of using the brain between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. I just think um I, I wish people could watch less television and do a bit more thinking.
0: Absolutely I totally uh concur with absolutely everything that you've just said and I use the same analogy actually is whatever you program have having uh whatever you program into a computer it displays on the screen like yeah. this supercomputer and it's the same with the mind. Whatever you program into your mind is the outcome. So if it's negative thoughts, then the whole day is going to be negative. Uh, yeah. If you program the right sort of language and the language patterns into it and uh, has a, a, a positive outcome to it, then your brain will find the answers. And it will oh. find the, either the positive or the negative, depending on what you've actually said to yourself. So I find that absolutely fascinating. And I, I do... I, I I wouldn't say I try to do that. I, I, I do that on a daily basis, even if I've had uh, uh, negative forces in my head because we are uh, feeling types of beings and sometimes negativity does enter the mind, but it's actually capturing those moments. How do you do that to yourself?
1: Well, look, look you've, got, you've got a guest coming on, uh, a huge podcast called Jack Black. And um, for me, Mind still played a huge part in my life um so so actually it's interesting um some of the tools and techniques that i learned from jack black was um language i listen to people's language and i have to stop them and say can you start using different language because actually that language will program your, be- your brain so i hear phrases in coaching for example i'm going to give somebody constructive criticism and i just turn around and say which word do you think the person will hear and fully not it rarely <laughs> is constructive they'll hear it as criticism. Whereas I talk about feedback. Mm-hmm. If it's going well, I'll give you some feedback. If I'd like to do it differently, I'll give you some feedback. Um, mm-hmm. I hear people say, how are you? And they go, not bad. Thanks. <laughs> what? So that's what the brain programs. bad. I, before my mum passed away, she'd say things like, Oh, you know, winter's coming. I'm going to get the flu. I said, of course you are going to get the flu. <laughs> you, yeah, are. How do you know? Cause you've just told yourself you're going to get it. Right. Yeah. So, so talk about wellness, not illness. You know, talk about what you want to happen, not what you don't want to happen, because yep. the brain doesn't distinguish and say, it, it you know, you don't want it to happen. No, focus it. I hear parents say to children, um, don't go near the road. So, what does the brain program? The road. If yep. you want your child to stay in the garden, tell them to stay in the garden. And if yep. your child is ever carrying milk, please never say, don't spill the milk, <laughs> milk. You thinking of it until you mentioned it. Then you start thinking of it, then your handshakes, then you spill it. Then there's consequences. Funny enough, you never want to drink milk again. So, don't think of Talk yeah. about positive, don't talk about what you don't want because your yeah. brain will program what you don't want, and then yeah, you I- get into that downward spiral. So, I talk a lot about program thoughts. Talk about what you want to happen, not what you don't want. And actually people, please check your language all the time. People say, I'm just this. You're not just anything. You are you, you're a unique human being. You've got lots and lots of talents. Don't compare yourself against others. Just be a better you. And funnily enough, focus on personal best strategy of doing something different, better every single day, no matter how small and then write it down, because that's a sense of achievement and accomplishment, and actually, that's what builds self-esteem and
0: self-confidence. I agree. I I totally concur with you on all of that. question that I'm going to ask, but I probably know the answer because you might have already said it, but I watched a documentary the other day, uh, and it was uh, to do with uh, some of the top bands in the world They went to a place out in Wales. I think it was Led Zeppelin went to this farm, And they created the best album that they ever did. And Queen went there and they uh, created Bohemian Rhapsody. And then uh, Oasis went there in the 90s. And then all of the other went there. But they wouldn't have gone there if they hadn't had the time and the space to create. And to create something wonderful. And they, they all created something wonderful out of that. So... Based on that, what is your creative space and how do you utilize it and how do you use it?
1: Well, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things, Jason. You're absolutely right. So, so n- number one, my, my tip to everybody is you should have one appointment every week with yourself for a minimum of two hours. And that is the most important appointment. Don't cancel it for anything. It's about time for you to think and reflect and look into the future don't do it at work don't do it at home because i have distractions do it somewhere where nobody knows you are and and i i walk by a river or i walk by a canal mm-hmm. um and actually i think there'll be lots of people listening to this uh podcast where actually they get some great ideas where they're in the shower in the morning or they are going for a walk or they're daydreaming in the sun because actually that's how your right brain works. Your right brain is the creative side. Mm -hmm. And actually, as you move away from beta waves into alpha and theta waves, that is what connects your right creative brain. So I actually go for walks. I will just sit and relax in a place where nobody can disrupt me. And actually I get some fantastic ideas. There's a place in North Wales that that I love called Clandidna. And it's got a great home, it's got a little home, it's got the most amazing promenade, it's got two beaches, And I'll actually just drive there. It's an hour 20 minutes from home just to be with myself. And actually that's how I come up with lots of different strategies. I do my program in there. I look at what I want to be in the 60th year, the 70th year, the 80th year. And actually i sit and write those goals down. So I reckon everybody should have an appointment with themselves with no distractions and actually start to think about what you want the future life to look like, start writing those goals down then start working towards them.
0: That is uh, absolutely super cool. And I I, I do that as well. I, I'm quite close to the Dublin mountains here. So I go off for walks. I have my headphones in. I listen to a podcast, get into the moment. And I like to sit and gaze at the view and just imagine stuff. And I just come up with ideas then. Uh, 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 an, another podcast that I did with a guy called Ted Rubin, he said he goes to the beach. And then what he does, he he posts out on Twitter and then he tests it and then he says, oh, that's a great idea. So it's a wonderful time that we all need to do. And I totally believe that it's uh, empowering, but it's a creative zone, but it's also a calming zone as well. And I I like green spaces. I also like to be near water as well, depending on my mood. So the last question, if you had a superpower, um, what would it be? Gosh, um, I haven't got one. I know that. Um,
1: I, I would love to give everybody access to that, that whole bit about how powerful the brain could be. Yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm fortunate. I read a lot. I listen to a lot of people. You know, I I, I learn from others. Um, you know, obsessing about walking with earpods and listening to uh, to, to podcasts. And looking at webinars if i read books it's about people that have made a difference to the world uh, and if i had a superpower it probably be, you know be able to sprinkle a little bit of that dust on everybody yeah. which, which is to, to to understand how how you could think and program your life to be better um and actually have empowering beliefs rather than uh, limited limited beliefs and um, people say they can't and sad thing is they get to a part of the life um, where they might not be able to change things physically um mm-hmm. or mentally and they they come up with those phrases i would have should have could have um and the point is we've all got many years left um yeah. why don't we use those years to the best uh, of, of our ability but it does start with what you think um and what you think you start to then verbalize and then you verbalize and then you behave and others respond so just choose to be the very, very best you can be. And if I could have a superpower, it would be to um, so probably to go in and tinker with people's brains, to, to <laughs> open the valve and let them realise what, what a wonderful life we can have. Um, and we just have to choose to think it.
0: That's, a, that's wonderful. And it's mm-hmm. serving others and it's helping others to be, empower them to be better selves or better yeah. themselves uh, and giving them a gift. I love that. That's really cool. Uh so Chris, uh, how can people find you?
1: Um li- LinkedIn. Uh I'm 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 not uh on Instagram, I'm not on Facebook, uh link LinkedIn and I'm more than happy to connect with people, more than happy for them to, to ask me questions. Um and I will I will get back to people. So if if people want to know a little bit more,
0: then LinkedIn's the place. Excellent. That's really cool. And look again, thank you so much for your time. Uh it's very much appreciated for me it's also appreciated for everyone and anyone that's listening to this because you've given some wonderful advice here and if it empowers one person and it gives a gift to someone along the way that they can do something in their lives i think that's a gift that really is a gift and thank you so much
1: uh jason thank you you know it's been an absolute pleasure um you know more than happy to, to to share uh with others and but it's all part of um networking and learning. So uh, it's great for me as well, because I'm on a learning journey too. So thank you.
0: You've listened to the mindful leadership podcast with your host, Jason Cooper from Service Your Mind. My very special guest today has been Chris Brindley, MBE.